0: Love told Radio. Am um. the Lord of Asua, the the harbor of Asia, Good morning. Welcome to u r o k with Blog Talk Radio. I just shared with you a chant that a friend brought to me once, and it was kind of interesting. It was in a book, and it was in Santa Fe, New Mexico. And the thing about Santa Fe is it's a pretty spiritual place, and I think you hear about Sedona, you hear about Santa Fe, and uh, and people think, who haven't been, or who are afraid to think anything beyond Christian values. I um, think, woo, this is scary. And today we're going to talk about common values, values that you find in just about every state that there is and every philosophy that there is. And they're values that have to do with loving ourselves and loving each other. And they're so connected and yet so disconnected in our society, so totally disconnected. Today's topic is only you can be you and being you is enough. The call-in number if you have ideas or thoughts that you would like to share is, well, I lost my call-in. It's got to be here. And before we start this topic about being you, let's listen to Be Still Thy Soul by Anil. I try to play this at the beginning of every show. Because it talks about the idea that within you is everything that you need to be a loving, beautiful spiritual being. And frankly, that also is found in every faith, in every philosophy, that if you go within, you will find a source of light. As we play this, if you could begin to prepare yourselves by getting comfortable and breathing. And I encourage people to breathe deeply as though they are breathing through the soles of their feet. That elongates the breath. The distance between the throat and the lungs is not so far. But if you start at the bottom end of your body and you pull the air up across your thighs crossing over into your spine, up your spine, aligning what are many times called the chakras, what I call your divine rod, your divining rod, the zones of energy that, when aligned, inspire you and open you up to hear the messages of God by whatever name you call God. The chant that I used today was about inviting light into our discussions today and inspiring us intellectually to recognize the value that we bring to the table. So what I would like you to do as you breathe in, please, is say, Only I can be me. And as you breathe out, I am enough. And as you do that breathing exercise, remember that you can take a breath. Once again, pull up your calves, up your thighs, cross over. Go to what people call your base chakra, which is where you carry your fear. And release that fear to the earth from whence it came. There is nothing to fear. The ultimate fear is death. The ultimate fear is I'm not going to be alive, followed very closely, I believe, by the fear I'm not going to have enough. So let's let go for this hour today of any fear there isn't enough, of any fear that dying means anything other than a new life, And of any fear that you are not enough. So we're going to breathe in. It's three minutes and 40 seconds. We can all give three minutes and 40 seconds to valuing ourselves and to refreshing the energy within us. As you get past your fears, you're going to come next to the sacral chakra. And the sacral chakra is the zone of creativity. Not just creating children, but creating ideas, being creative, being brave enough to color outside the box. And you want to inspire that zone in you so that you can recognize those inspirations that will make a difference in the world and also so that you will be brave enough to reach out and accomplish those inspirations. Something we all face on a regular basis. The next area that you come to when you're taking this breath, so see it can't be one breath, if it is, all you're going to think about is breathing. And I know there are masters out there who can teach you to get to peace by just thinking about the prana, the breath. But I would like you to realize that the breath can be sipped in. It can be expanded. And I would rather you not think just about breathing, but you think about where you are in your body. And the next zone, the next zone is the zone of healing. And that is something that internally each and every one of us have the power to do and it's a yellow energy associated with that. So base chakra is red, sacral chakra is orange orange, and there's a yellow energy associated with healing. And as you move past that zone, allow yourself to heal all that has happened to you in your life. All the disease that is within you. Imagine that beautiful, powerful yellow energy from within you moving through your body, coursing through your bloodstream, healing any obstacle, any disease that it encounters. The next zone is your heart, the heart chakra. So many people are broken in their heart chakras, not so much because they don't have someone to love, but because they don't see their own value because they don't love themselves. It is very difficult to love another person in a healthy way if you don't love yourself enough to value yourself. So that heart chakra is a beautiful green energy. And you want to pull loving energy in through your breath. So you've got fearless breath, you've got creative You've got healing. Now you've got loving breath that you're pulling up. And you come next to the zone, the throat chakra. Personally, in today's world, I believe, and maybe at all, for all times, words are, are the most powerful weapons we have. So this, for me, is a zone of forgiveness. Forgiving myself for having spoken harshly about others and forgiving them for having spoken harshly about me. And at some point today, we'll focus a little bit more on that zone. So now you've got fearless, creative, loving, forgiving energy, and you're going to come up now, and you're going to sit between your eyes in the third eye. It's interesting, because even Jesus talked in the New Testament about the third eye the zone of manifestation. And I suspicion if you look, if we could have walked by his side, when he was talking about the third eye, he was also talking about the concept uh, that is attributed to him that the least among us have all of the same abilities that he has because the third eye is the zone of manifestation. It's where you begin creating the day that you're going to live, the life you are going to live. And so many people get caught in what they have already lived that they miss the opportunity to manifest into the present. Right now, which is the only place God is, is right now. The day they want to live. The person they choose to be. And as you bring your breath past that, you're going to come to what's called the crown chakra. And if you could treat that as though you're have, you at the top of your head, and you have a baseball cap on, and you are lifting that baseball cap to salute the world. And as you lift the baseball cap, your breath will come out and go through a pipe or tubing system to merge with the breath of God. And allow yourself to feel the wonder of that. And then breathe out, and as you do, say, I am enough. And my friends, if you can go through this process, in three deep breaths, you will begin to feel the presence of God around you. And as you finish your third breath, reach out to your dominant hand and take the hand of God as you know God to be. And if the God that you know is a demanding, unforgiving, vengeful God, then pass on love. So that as you are opening your palm, you will begin to feel the true love, the true unconditional love of God. The same love that we have for our children. The love for our children, no matter what they do, they are our children. And God is more than we are, far, far more than we are. So why would his love be less pure than our love? So feel the glory of that forgiving, unconditional love wash across you. And release a misconception that God is judging you. And as you're continuing to breathe, reach out to your non-dominant hand and take the loving hand of the person next to you, God, so that as we go around, we have a circle, an infinite circle that goes through hundreds of listeners lately. I'm in awe. And each one of you has a place in this circle, and we are all surrounded in a circle of love, loving appreciation of each one of us individually and all of us collectively. That does not mean that we all engage in behavior at all times. that is admirable. But it means that we are here today at this time to open ourselves intellectually and spiritually and reconnect with one another and remember and together send love to the universe, to everyone on this planet. We are here today for this hour to be our highest selves, united together in love and surrounded by God, whom I prefer to call love. So let us begin, Be Still Thy Soul. Thank you. Wow! Well, make me one source of light. To me, that song resonates within me. It's a promise. It's a promise that I can make a difference. Most of us spend so much time devaluing ourselves that we don't recognize that we have power, that we can make a difference. And yes, I do that too. We all do that. Those people who have heightened six senses do that, or perhaps I should say those who recognize their heightened senses, six senses do that, and those who do not recognize their heightened six senses do that. We are walking around on a planet with people full of self-loathing. Wow, those are big words. self Loathing. My friends, I suggest to you that what else but self loathing, an attempt to be recognized, an attempt to be valued, would cause a young adult to take guns and go into a movie theater and reenact a violent violent, make-believe event. And I pause in saying that because as I said it, I thought we many times we hear we are what we eat. I also think we are what we think. And how can our young people Sit in front of screens shooting make-believe guns at make-believe people and then stand up from that game and reach out in love to one another. And when I use the word young, I use 40 years and younger. Younger. How can we spend our time plotting and planning revenge and capture? And then, when that is done, be free of the effects of the hours that we have dedicated to murder, to taking lives. Even if only in a make believe world? Are we loving ourselves if it's based on our kill ratio? Are we showing respect for all people? Are we recognizing our oneness with all? Who is marked with the mark of being killed? And why does it surprise us that some young people pick up weapons and go out with those weapons to shoot those that have been predetermined by them to have the mark of being worthy to die? so that they can show their value. As I'm saying all of this, I'm thinking about the book, The Celestine Prophecy, and wondering if maybe I need to reread that book as I look at my books, all of my books that I have up here. It was one of the first books that helped me begin to recognize that my being different that my being sensitive that my not really wanting to hurt other people uh which caused me to be very reclusive was okay now i think that many people would say well march <laughs> my gosh you hurt people you have people fire people and yet i can honestly say that based on the information that is provided me as a labor lawyer, I work to save jobs. I work to have enlightened employers. I work to save employees because there is no employee more valuable than one within an employer's doors. But when all is said and done... I don't have control over every individual person's choices. And when they make choices that are not within the bounds of supporting the organism, whether the organism is a workplace, a community, a family, then I do encourage separation and admonition. Now, I think that sounds like shunning, but I would rather say to you that what I encourage is that we communicate fully our expectations to people. We help them know what we need them to do. We don't believe in some sort of mental telepathy where those expectations pass from one person to the next without words. And you give people words that will help them know what you are expecting and how they can serve your organism. But the bottom line is, when we pass from one organism to another, Ideally, we should pass being more aware. In a spiritual concept, people talk about karma and dharma, and karma would be I engage in behavior that is not supportive of the organism, and as a consequence, I experience back life experiences to help me understand what does support the organism. Which is why, frankly, my friends, we need to learn from the past and then bring what we learn, the positive things, into the present. But we are caught so much in the desire to destroy and control, manifested by the games we play. Let's play paintball. Why would we want to nullify, to tap down, to mute the anguish that one feels if they are taking a life? Why would we want to make that feeling natural, exhilarating? fun So yeah, as we go through life, we all learn. We all learn. And there is nothing that saddens me more than to see someone given a chance to grow and choosing not to. choosing to engage in behavior that defeats the organism. But I do believe that we have all defeated the organism at times. And that does not make us less valuable to God. We are all, all equal in the eyes of God. I use this analogy all the time that if we have a ring and it's full of precious stones, every stone on that ring is needed. We all know what a ring looks like without a stone. So this ring is pretty big. It circles the planet and it is full of beautiful gems. And The question for each one of us is: what game of life are we playing? Are we playing in the game of life in a loving, caring way, reaching out to support one another? Are we teaching our children to love and care and value one another? to respect people, to listen to them, to accord them dignity in life? Or are we teaching them to dismiss people because they don't believe exactly the way we want them to? They don't look exactly the way we want them to. Their differences are intolerable to us and we don't even know why. And it is in doing that that we recognize for our children that everyone is not equal. I mentioned the Celestine Prophecy a few moments ago. What is notable for me about that particular book is it talked in the book about teaching children to love one another, about teaching children to live differently, about a consciousness change where people were respected for what they brought to the table and nurtured, nurtured when what they brought was not filling, was not enough to keep the organism sustained. What a series of conflicting decisions we are all faced with in our world. And how often do we glamorize Total cutting off, the total rejection, the death of another. And when each one of us is faced with being in a position where we're being informed that we did not bring enough to the table. How do we deal with that? How do we deal with that in a way that does not breed anger, revenge, and a desire to kill? Or perhaps better said, a desire to destroy. We've all heard stories our whole lives about how people tend to kill the messenger. So let's start off with the idea that we are imperfect beings and that it is only in our collective consciousness that we are perfect and that we are on a journey to self-realization to being our highest selves, to being our true selves, to recognizing that the mistakes we make do not define who we are for all times. So how do we survive the turmoil of finding out that we did something That was viewed as not enough. What do we do? It's going to happen. It's going to happen. I don't believe for a minute that it doesn't happen to the Bill Gates and the, uh, I'm trying to think of the the Dell family's name, maybe it is Dell. um, To the Warren Buffett. Life has tragedy. We do not have control. And how do we deal with that? How do we step out of those episodes manifesting our superhero costume, showing that we know we are enough? We're going to talk about my... um, Perhaps most profound spiritual readings that I've ever engaged in with Paramahansa Yogananda. A friend of mine reminded me the other day. I directed him to two books very early in life when he was trying to decide where he was going, and one of them was *The Initiation* by Elizabeth Hike, H-A-I-C-H, and the second was *The Autobiography of a Yogi* by Paramahansa Yogananda. And so before we talk about Yogananda, let's take a moment here today, please, my friends. Just a moment. And let's meditate together that we can set aside our weapons, real and fake, and combine our minds to make it okay to be loving. Let's take a moment together to forgive those who have harmed us and those we have harmed with our thoughts, our words, and our deeds. Let's take a moment to celebrate the idea that being kind and loving is not weak, but instead is strong. And in doing that, I'm going to pick a longer piece, and excuse me, I'm going to pick the journey, and we're going to do this together. Breathing in from the soles of your feet. Please keep your hands united with the hands of God. And as you breathe in, breathe in. Only I can be me. And when you come to this throat chakra, I want you to imagine all of the people who have judged you as lacking standing in front of you. And I want you to reach out to each one of those people and hug them and thank you. Yes, thank you. Thank them for helping you grow in defining who you are. That doesn't mean you agree with what they did. It means that you learned. And if you didn't learn, forgive yourself and thank them for the lessons they brought to you. One by one, hug them and invite them to join our circle of love. Feel the circle of love growing as people join with their concepts of God beside them. And feel the energy of forgiveness joining the group. As a light begins to emanate from the circle. A light of collective consciousness sending good to the world what is good sending love are inviting them to your table of love to be a part of the change to set aside ways of war to set aside words of hate. and to embrace opportunities to show love. Naturally, it's so easy to love the one we want to love. But as Jesus reminded us, we need to love our enemies And the desire to do so is inherent in each of us here today and each who will join this group. now let us join our thoughts and minds together as we listen to winds of peace Divine One, we come before you, humble human beings, each of us a part of a divine Each of us able to show love. Each of us prepared to look in the face those who are skeptical that a universe an organism a business a family can operate in love with loving words guiding people to positive conclusions with loving words blame and enabling with people having the free will to decide to be apart or not to be a and still invested in love us recognizing our divine connection with one another and the fact that even though we are separated, we are still one. We are all a part of this beautiful negative. That each person who touches us provides us an opportunity act in love and respect ourselves for how we've acted, and that when we engage in conduct that we don't respect, the opportunity to realize we have a new moment, a new chance, a new opportunity. reach for the higher road
1: again.
0: We are defined by what we do now, not by what we did then. And each of us is loved by you. Enough that all we need to do is reach out our hand and you will take it. We are in no room where you are not with us. We are loved. We are loved. We are loved. Oh, that was beautiful. Namaste. I salute the inner divinity of all who are listening now and in the future. This week has been a week of very heartfelt emotions for me. I join my friend Micah Ariana Blake and his partner uh, Bob Blake, who used to do the show with me, in mourning the passing. Of Micah's mother. A beautiful, glistening soul of kindness. How could she not be? She raised Micah. A beautiful, glistening soul of kindness. Giving, giving, giving. Now I know and Micah knows that he is full and has lost nothing by his mother passing because she is with him always. We are never disconnected from the ones we love. And she is gained because she no longer is troubled by the disease of life. But oh, Seeing her smile in person rather than in pictures. Hearing her voice instead of the memory of her voice. Feeling her touch and her hug. Those things, as humans, are hard to pass. And yet my friends i wonder many times how often do we engage in conduct ourselves with one another to show to others that which we miss the most when someone like our mother passes how often do we fail to listen to what they are saying because we are so immersed in what we are thinking. How often do you feel that you are not being heard? I dare to suggest that the key to being heard is to listen. So for today, I encourage you to go forth and listen. Listen with the ears of the person who is speaking. Not with your own needs, Not with your own story. But listen Give them 100% of your attention. Hear their words. So that when someone passes from your life, even if they are only there momentarily, you will be full of their spirit. You will have taken the lessons that they have provided you so that you can grow. But I always counter everything with, and if you don't, do the next time. You are enough, just as you are. So if we miss the smile of someone we love, then say words and engage in deeds that cause smiles around us. I dare to suggest that if you say your highest words and if those words are laced with love, you will be leaving smiles wherever you go. If those words look at what is rather than what was and what is not, if they celebrate the moment in positive terms, there will be smiles all around you. And those smiles will fill you. Will fill you up with the spirit of the people you encounter. For as long or as short as they are with you. If we crave the touch of our parents, then I dare to suggest we crave to be touched. We have somehow sexualized tra- touching so that to touch another person creates all sorts of risks of sexual proportions, including allegations of sexual harassment. My friends, there are many ways to touch people that are merely ways of showing I love you. I care about you. You're valuable to me. Touch one another on the shoulder, on the back, on the upper arm, on the hand. Ask if you can hug someone. Know you are enough and that your touch is enriching. It is needed. We need to touch more. And if we touch people with kindness with our words, with our deeds, and gently and appropriately with our hands, we will be full of their spirit, and they will be full of ours. Listen, speak kindly and touch. Fundamentally, you are in doing that being, your highest self. And when you don't do those things, you provide an opportunity for someone else to listen, to speak kindly, and to touch and love. We don't have to be perfect. We need to work on seeing more in people than they show us. I talked to you briefly about Yogananda, Paramahansa Yogananda. He was born in 1893 and came to the United States in 1935. He's a beautiful soul. Beautiful soul. And he talked about getting along with others. And that's pretty much what we've been talking about today. Because really, that's what we're here to do. Get along with others. And some of the thoughts that he shared are beautiful. And I'd like to share a few. Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me, and I forgive him? Till seven times, Jesus saith unto him. I say not until thee, until seven times, but until seventy times seven. I pray deeply to understand this uncompromising counsel. Lord, I protested, is it possible? And God said when the divine voice finally responded to Karamahansa Yogananda, it said it brought he said it brought a humbling flood of light. How many times, O man? do i forgive each of you daily yes we are forgiven as god is constantly forgiving giving us even knowing all our wrong thoughts and deeds so those who are fully in tune with him naturally have that same love and desire to forgive. In your heart must well that sympathy, which soothes away all pains from the hearts of others, that simply which enabled Jesus to say, While hanging on the cross, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. His great great love encompassed all. He could have destroyed his enemies with a look, yet just as God is constantly forgiving us, even though he knows all our wicked thoughts, so those great souls who are in tune with him give all the same love. And Yogananda gave us an affirmation I would like you to be able to take away with you for the week, an affirmation of love. Today, I forgive all those who have ever offended me. I give my love to all thirsty hearts, both to those who love me and those who do not love me. I dare to suggest that within each and every one of you who is listening and within each and every person who is not listening, those who abhor me and those who love me. There is a forgiving spirit. Now go forth and forgive, my friends. You are enough. Your listening matters to those who are speaking. Your kind and loving words matter to those who need to smile and be happy. Their smiles matter to you and your smile to them matters to them. And touch in love. Until next week, when we will talk about why good people want to hear bad things, I send you all love. Namaste. And peace be with you.